0: You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 61 of The Hungry Soul with me, Rachel Foy. So we've got a really amazing guest on the show just a few minutes but before I introduce her to you I want to ask you do you use oracle cards? Are you one of those women who collects them or is that just me? So this is something which when I was starting and embarking on my own journey of personal development of kind of like spirituality and really starting to become curious about other things I came across oracle cards and angel cards, and I've used them ever since. So currently as I'm sat here, I'm staring at one of my shelves and there's at least 12 packets, I think, with several more on order. I don't know if I've got an obsession, maybe I do. But it's something that I know sometimes we can be quite interested in, but maybe we're not sure what to do with them. We don't know how to use them. Um, We don't even know where to begin, like which ones do we buy? So I've got someone on the show right now who is going to be talking all about her brand new Oracle cards. So this person, I came across her, gosh, years ago. I've been following her for quite a while. And if any of you have ever read a book called Light is the New Black, or Rise, Sister Rise, then you know exactly who I'm about to introduce. It's the gorgeous, the lovely Rebecca Campbell. Now, Rebecca Campbell is a writer of those two books. She's a creative, an artist, a celebrated spiritual teacher, and she is a best-selling Hey House author of Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister Rise. And she's just brought out her brand new Work Your Light Oracle Cards. She's also the creator of the Rise Sister, Rise Sisterhood membership, which I've had the honor of being in for quite some time. And I've learned so much from this lady because what she doesn't know about spirituality is probably not worth knowing. So Rebecca teaches internationally encouraging people to really spend more time with their own soul. And even though we're different people, obviously, her message very much overlaps mine and vice versa, because it is very much about soul work. It's about connecting to our truth. It's about awakening ourselves and really allowing our inner temple um, to start guiding us towards the the highest, greatest, most amazing version of ourself, which for me is, is our soul fed woman. So without further ado, I'm going to pass this over now to the the conversation that I had with Rebecca a little while ago, where we talk about spirituality, we talk about um, our soul, we talk about, you know, becoming vulnerable in order to start making those breakthroughs that often we need. And she also talks about her brand new Work Your Light Oracle cards. So I know you're going to love this conversation. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to her. So here she is. It's Rebecca Campbell on the Hungry Soul podcast. And here she is, the lovely Rebecca Campbell. Good afternoon. Hello so happy to be with you Rachel. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. This is um every so often I get guests that come on the Hungry Soul podcast. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to have a conversation with you to kind of, you know, dip into your experience and wisdom because I know that the audience are going to get so much out of this conversation as am I. So, I know I gave you a little brief interview um kind of introduction before, but for anybody who's been like living under a rock for any amount of time, who doesn't know who you are, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction? Sure. So my name's Rebecca Campbell. Um, I'm a spiritual
1: teacher and writer and creative. And my work really is around like connecting with the soul, which is the way I describe it is, it's the ancient part of us. It's the part of us that like resides in the center of the heart that niggles every now and then sometimes inconveniently when, when things don't feel right and maybe our, we feel a bit stuck in our lives and it's always communicating to us. It's a part of us which has lived beyond just this life and it's the part of us that will resume once we die as well and you know it's this wise part of us that's constantly whispering and when we listen to it it has a lot of good information to share and sometimes we don't want to hear it but sometimes we really do
0: (laughs) yeah sometimes we have no choice (laughs) That's it. If we ignore the whisper, it will become a shout. Absolutely. I think Oprah says that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, we ignore those gentle nudges and then suddenly it's like, you have to pay attention. Mm, Totally. I asked you to come on the show because we're going to talk about something very specific that I'm super interested and passionate about and I want to kind of you know have a conversation with you about it but before we do I always like to ask my guests like what's their what's their journey been like so far because most people that are in this position of like teaching and sharing their their wisdom they've often got a bit of a story to tell so Mm -hmm. how did you get involved with kind of the soul and this post-spirituality in, in large? Mm.
1: Well, I think my whole life I'd always been what I would call highly sensitive and had just this kind of, maybe it's called like a memory or a niggle or a feeling that that there was there was more than just the physical world. And it was around when I was a young teenager, like around 14, that it's like all my sensitivities got turned up full ball and a couple of things happened to me, which made me really initiated my spiritual path, which was, you know, for where I grew up and the family I was born into and the, the friends I had, it was kind of weird. Like me suddenly learning about past lives and all of that kind of stuff and just really being, um, through the awakening, hungry for understanding what that something else is. Anyone who's been through an awakening experience, whether it's been triggered through the loss of a loved one or the ending of a a relationship or a, a loss of a job, whatever it is, it's like once we awaken, we go through a process which I would call remembering, and it's remembering because it's like, we already know this. And so it's remembering everything that we already know. And so that happened to me around that age. And at that time in my life, like everyone who goes through an awakening, awakening I just wanted to talk about it and find out more or whatever. And I soon found out through the people in my life they weren't really into what I had to share <laughs> and so which is nothing against them i was saying the, the different things and so at that age i consciously chose to step into what i call a spiritual closet where by night i would just like inhale everything i could and on the weekends i'd go to courses i remember as a teenager i would like save up my pocket money i like i lied about my age to get a job sooner than i think i was like 13 and 6 months not 14 and 9 months which is the legal age in australia but i literally like would would do my like jobs at the bakery and the local cinema to save up money for my books and crystals and i remember one day i i i caught like four modes of public transport, I spent like four hours traveling to this like renowned medium (laughs) in my school holidays. And I think I just told my mum and dad, I was like going into the city, (laughs) but I was really going to like the other side of the city. So yeah. So that was like, that was my, (laughs) that was my teenage years, but I also had a normal life. So by day I was just like a normal kid growing up, you know, going to parties and doing all of that. So yeah, that was really this double life really emerged for me, and it, I ended up going into advertising as a creative director. Um, I was always really ambitious career-wise, um, very clear that like I my work was centre front of my purpose. Yeah. Um, at that stage, yeah, creative director in advertising. It was a really tough industry and one I loved in many ways and also at the same time it was really tough and exhausting and there was so much about that industry which allowed me to express my gifts of like creating beauty and you know which I can see that you are very aligned to because of your beautiful necklace and lipstick and oh you guys could see her (laughs) um and yeah, but it was just before my 30th birthday that I just I just knew I just couldn't live that double life anymore. And like many of us who have heard the whispers and maybe ignored it, those whispers turned to shouts. And within a couple of months, like my whole life crumbled, literally. It was like um, one of my best, best friends passed away extremely suddenly. And he was like one of the only people who I properly shared my whole self with and so that was just you know some people when they pass it just rips your soul open and that was suddenly the case for me and then soon after another friend and another and my 11-year relationship ended and then I'd show up to work and it was just like oh my gosh I can't do this anymore yeah and so it was really at that moment at that you know the heartbreak the soul break moment that It's like I, I, my ego, my, my, my willpower, my human self, nothing wrong with that, like amazing part of all of us. But that part of me that was trying to control my life finally surrendered and then asked the wise soul part of me to lead. And so it's really been ever since then, you know, I mean, I've worked extremely hard, like so many of us do. However, it was like, it, it wasn't as exhausting <laughs> when I finally surrendered to my path. I'm sure you've experienced that yourself.
0: Yeah, so, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I really feel like if there's anyone listening who's like, "Oh, I feel really stuck. I know I'm, you know, I'm hungry for so much more, and I don't know what that is," I really want to encourage you to trust that niggle and trust that whisper, and not to feel like you're going to miss out on your life because. In my experience, when we surrender to that path without even knowing where it's leading, all of, all of the things that were for us come to us in an instant. And it's, we, it's the reward for being courageous enough to put one foot in front of the other without knowing where the path is leading.
0: Absolutely. Have you experienced that yourself? Absolutely. And it's something actually, I just want to kind of go back and just kind of expand on just a little bit, because you said something there that I think is really important to just reiterate. And it's that talking about trust, like trusting in Mm. us, trusting in the niggles, trusting in our soul, trusting in the universe, trusting in the support, but trust for some people, and I was one of them years ago, it was a really hard thing to even get my head around, because it was like leaving the job security, leaving Mm. the, the salary, leaving like this perceived support network but i knew at the same time that if i didn't it wasn't going to satisfy me so how did you trust like how did you actually stop leading that that second life like where did that trust come from so there was a couple of things that i
1: did which i showed up to like an Olympic athlete of the soul. (laughs) I I think this is what is needed when, when you're being called to change a lot of a lot in your life, particularly if you don't know what it is exactly. Um, And so what I did was I vowed to show up for um, my spiritual practice in a non-negotiable way. Like no matter what it's like every day, it didn't have to be for an hour or anything. It was 10 minutes, but I did it. It was like, you know, Yogi Bhajan, who, um, was one of the great teachers of Kundalini yoga, who brought Kundalini yoga to the West. He says that, um, he talks about sadhana and for a lot of Kundalini people, it's like 4am spiritual practice, which is not what I do. I have tried it, but it's not for me. (laughs) But what he would say is that, you know, if you wake up for your sadhana, it's like when you have done it, victory, you have, you have, had victory for the day. And so that, that's what I did, but in a more bite-sized way, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I did that no matter what, if I wanted to do more, I would, but that was like, there was no way that wasn't going to happen. I also began spending more time in nature, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I live in London. I'm from Australia originally, but I live in London and Uh, it's it's like so many of us who live in a, in cities, it's so easy to become disconnected. And I didn't understand what was happening at the time. I now do, but what happens through me surrendering and spending time in nature, I would do this practice, which, um, um, I have come to call intuitive walking or intuitive Mm -hmm. nature walking actually. Um, where I would go to one of the Royal parks in, in London, which is so beautiful. And I'd just allow myself to connect with the trees and the grass and the flowers just by being present in it and then letting my spirit and the spirit of the park move me. So it'd be like, okay, where do you want to walk now? Body, (laughs) heart, soul, mind, whatever. And um, yeah. And so rather than being like following the path, because I knew that I was, what I was being asked to do is not follow the same path that I'd followed before. You know, I remember one of my um, amazing teachers, Sonia Shea what one thing that she teaches is if you want to change something like you you want to deprogram yourself from like living from the rational mind and going into your intuition, walk a different way home or to work. And so I think that's such a great tool that she definitely taught me. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was really the letting the connecting with nature. And the thing about nature is that there is this mysterious force that we're unable to really put a finger on or even a name to, which is like, yeah woven through all of life it tells the flowers when to bloom the seasons to come and go the moon the planet to spin all of that stuff and it's also within us
0: yeah exactly. and so
1: what happens when we go into nature it's such a like simple simple tool but what happens is we connect back into that thread so we're going from not relying on our own strength and rather kind of surrendering to the greater strength of the entire universe i think there there there's a quote in um a course in miracles and i'm not going to get it right so I'm, i'm gonna totally paraphrase but it's essentially around like are you going to rely on your own personal strengths or the strength of the entire universe yeah and i think that's really what i did i was like okay i give up I'm not going to cling to my life anymore. You, I've tried to make it happen myself over to you, God, universe, spirit, soul, whatever words you want to use.
0: Yeah. yeah. And also that you talk about surrender quite a lot as well, which I think mm. is part of it, isn't it? It's like we can't hand over, not so much hand over as in giving away our kind of power, but that kind of not trying to cling hold of something that is not working or actually – yeah. Kind of quiet in those whispers we can't do that without surrendering so very quickly if possible what's mm. your definition and understanding of surrender because some people hear it mm. but they might not fully understand like what is it like how do we actually surrender mm. i
1: think when we what we're not doing when we surrender is clinging so The thing we know when we know we need to surrender is because it's the things that we're clinging to, yeah, the most, you know. So it's like, and they're the things that we most want to cling to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Because it's scary, because it's out of our control. And so, surrendering I see is actually loosening the grip and trusting that you're going to be safe and that you will navigate your way through it even if it's really really scary yeah and you don't know where it's headed yeah but without and, that without it well, you're controlling your life oh yeah. it's and I think you know <laughs> I think being human is really difficult <laughs> you know being a soul is easy <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely being kind of a human and trying to be an adult as well is charming. oh my god adulting
1: that's terror oh god exactly exactly
0: no that's really awesome so one of the um one of the tools because i've already said that you're an author you've written some amazing books all of which i've read um one of the things that i did want to speak to you about though which is why i've actually brought you onto the show is because something that i've used myself quite a lot are oracle cards Mm. And, and I know that this is something that you're obviously super passionate about as well, because you've got your own deck, et cetera, mm-hmm. kind of coming out soon to come out. So can you just kind of share with us your, I suppose your interest, like where did you become curious about Oracle cards? Like why have they played such a role for you in your life so far?
1: Mm, good question. So I, I first got into Oracle cards when one of my friends who passed away, Adrian Tiller, his mum, who I connected with, she gave me my first um, deck. I'd never wow. heard of um, oracle cards before. I'd seen tarot cards, but I hadn't dived that deep. I'd, I'd, I'd played with them and I'd used them. I had a set myself, but it wasn't until I got the angel cards that I, I decided to really learn and study them. Um, the What I love about oracle cards is it's a, it's a quick dive into the soul, (laughs) you know? So say you've got five minutes and you're trying to make a decision or you just want a little bit of guidance and your head might be getting in the way. You can ask a question or just, you know, speak to your soul, speak to your spirit, speak to your higher self and say, "Um, please guide me right now, you know? And so it's like calling in the support and help from your own wisdom and beyond. Mm. So that's how I first got into them. Um, I have, I, I, I studied various different cards from tarot to Oracle to angel Oracle. And I knew I wanted to create my own deck because I just love beauty <laughs> as we've touched on before. And I'd always, I'm highly visual uh, in the way I create and also in the way I receive my messages. And so through all my visions, I just wanted to turn them into beautiful pieces of art. Um, And so I created the Work Your Light Oracle, which is about to, it's available for pre-order now. And I I found the most perfect artist who like totally matched the the visuals that I, the visions I kept on getting. And I've had for like so many years, her name's Danielle Knoll. And, um, yeah, so we, we, um, came together and created them and each of the, each of the cards is seriously like just such a breathtaking piece of art. And, you know, we, we really worked, um, extremely, um, closely and, and hard on, on just like nailing each one. Cause our, our vision was that each card would be like a, a portal into a different energy and, um, and into our own heart as the reader
0: oh lovely i have seen them i have seen some of the images actually and they are absolutely gorgeous like they mm. you can see how much like love and attention and um yeah sort of dedication has actually gone into every single one because they're all so mm. different and they're all so unique so i can't wait to get my hands on them when they come out to. yay <laughs> so um, just to a quick question actually, because I'm I'm fairly familiar with as you mentioned, like Oracle, Angel Oracle cards. But what what is the difference there, Rebecca, between Oracle cards and tarot cards? Mm,
1: well, tarot cards is a set, it's like it's like there is a, you know, just like you've got a pack of cards. Um, there's set suits, sets major arcana, minor arcana, whereas oracle cards is a little bit more flexible. So awesome. My oracle cards have have suits, um, but they're they're and they do have some or some tarot elements. Like for example, um, there is a, a iconic card in the tarot uh, in tarot decks called the Tower, which is that one of like when you are clinging to something. <laughs> It's like literally it's like you know I for there was a period when my life was crumbling when this card came up over and over again, I'm like, no, I should have just like taken the hint, but no, I clung I clung on a little <laughs> bit longer, but it's essentially like a tower where it's it's on fire, and people are like leaping out of it, <laughs> so I have that card in my deck, and um like the priestess is another common um. A card as well in the it is a card in the tarot deck, um but yeah, with the oracle as the creator, it's like you can you can bring your own channeling and, and transmissions of of whatever you're working with. So that can be like an angel oracle. My my oracle cards are the what's behind it is is that it's it's the intention is to activate and encourage you to connect with your own inner oracle. So that's yes. why it's called work your light as in like, you know, it's like kind of like going to the gym for your soul a little bit and yeah. So there's inquiry questions. There's also confirmation cards, like yes, no, there is um, activation cards. So that's to activate what is already in you and uh, action cards and then transmission cards and the transmission cards are connecting to the other realms. So yeah, it's quite, quite very, very, very broad, but, condensed as well at the same time fabulous so for anybody
0: that maybe hasn't yet used oracle cards because i i have quite a lot you can't see them kind of here at the moment over, over, mm. there, over there she says pointing and <laughs> i do i do like to dip in and out of them when i feel called to mm. um for someone who maybe has thought about Oracle cards, maybe listening to you thinking, oh, they sound gorgeous. I'm gonna get some, but I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to use them, and what if I can't do it, and what if I'm not able to, what kind of advice would you give to somebody? So just enter it with an open
1: mind. Like it's not, I know some people find like tarot a little bit scary. Yes. So Oracle cards, just think of them like um, if you've ever, if you've ever played with those um so in sh- some shops you'll walk walk in and it's like a message for the day like a bit of bit of cardboard just think of them like that
0: so fortune can, cookies,
1: <laughs> like a fortune exactly it's like a fortune cookie <laughs> and just i I'd, I'd i'd encourage you to just like um approach it as fun you know approach it as like okay i'm gonna spend uh, i'm gonna ask one question and the thing is is that it's not the cards that have the power. It's you. And so just like, just like if you were going to the gym, you could do yoga, you could do Pilates, you could do weights. It's just like all the different decks and all and books and all different, they're called divination tools are just different ways in to that collective consciousness that resides in you. Yes. So it's, it's really important to me that we realize that we are our own Oracle. It's not about like looking outside for answers. Um, working with, with Oracle cards helps you kind of uh, work your muscles out. <laughs> you like your intuitive muscles. Um, so, and it's, they're just fun. It's a cool way to, to kind of like uh, hang out in the soul space with a friend as well like my friend madeline giles who she teaches angelic breath healing she was over here when i got my my deck arrived it was the first one from the printer oh, wow <laughs> and we just did card readings for each other and it was just it was just a cool way to hang out you know yeah, so definitely i like the way yeah. you said
0: that about kind of working your um um your kind of intuitive muscle as well because that's how mm. i got into using oracle cards and I think this is really relevant for actually people listening right now that quite often we don't always trust ourselves, and we don't believe that we have this intuitive connection and we somehow don't listen to the whispers as we've just mm. mentioned so actually playing around with oracle cards for me has really helped me increase my intuition because totally. it's almost like the, the better I got the more accurate Mm. the readings became. And it was like, whoa, this is Mm. weird, but in a good way, Mm -hmm. So this could actually become part of someone's spiritual practice then. Couldn't it?
1: So true. Exactly. You could just pick a card and just meditate on that, meditate on the image, meditate on the word, you know, and I love what you said about, about like, building the intuition and, and like seeing the progress over time. And really it's like, it just requires us to trust, you know? And so often, gosh, I know this. Like when I first started studying intuition, it was just like, Oh, I'm so afraid to say something in case it's wrong. You know, like get worried about getting it wrong is like the, the one thing that stops the intuition. So yeah but it's normal as well you know so it's why it's just practice practice practice
0: how um for kind of got a few final questions before we come to the end almost but Mm -hmm. for for you personally because i always like to delve into like the the personal um, behaviors, I suppose, of the people that I bring on the show. So, mm. with, with you and oracle cards, are they something that are part of your like daily routine, or are they just as and when you feel called to do them, or do you find that you do them quite a lot for a, like a few weeks and then you don't touch them again for a while afterwards? Mm. Like, what's your what's your kind of use of them? Good question. Um, now that I have my own, <laughs> I'm doing them all the time.
1: I can imagine, I <laughs> but um. It really varies. It really varies. Uh, I will, I'll tend to do every six months, like a six month spread. Okay. So it's like, yeah. So it's the, the classic, like Celtic cross, uh, where you look at the six months ahead. And so it looks at past and present and future and, and just key themes. And so I think that that's a, a cool thing to do, whether that's with my husband or just with myself or with the girlfriend. Um, And then if I, I have them just on my desk actually. And so what I'll do is if, if I'm, if I'm kind of like tossing up between a decision, I even use them in my business, to be honest. My friend, do you know, Christy Northrop? Yes. She taught me this thing, which is amazing where, um, to make a decision and I've seen other people do this as well. So I'm not sure who, who originally, um, uh, did this. I know a lot of people do, but what we, we did was um, writing down um, a decision that we needed to make on post-it notes mm-hmm. and then doing a card, pulling a card for each, each one without knowing which one it was. Okay. <laughs> so th- that's it. That's, a, that's some, like if I'm trying to um, make a decision with business, whether it's like, what, what day to launch a pro- project, what time to do something. You know you know when you're just like umming and ahhing and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll ask the cards. Yes. And as you pull the cards, what happens is it's not actually about the cards being the wise part of you. It's actually your reaction to the card when you see it. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, and same thing like my husband and I we're we're making decisions at the moment around our where to live and and you know a couple of big decisions like that and so we'll consult the cards and then see what that brings up in us, you know? Because when you look at a card as well it's it's not so much a, of about the card representing a black and white answer, which mm. you can take it like that. You can be like, "Oh, this is the the, the crumbling card, which represents the tower, everything's crumbling. But when you like connect with that card one day compared to the next, you may see something entirely different, right? Yeah. So you may see the, 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 um, the azure blue behind the crumbled castle and that's what you're connecting with. Yeah. So it's just a way to get out of your head and just connect with that wise part of you.
0: Absolutely, so kind of open to the interpretation of how your soul chooses to read it, really.
1: Exactly, and it's just fun and yeah.
0: beautiful <laughs> i love them my uh, my two children actually they adore getting the cards off oh i can imagine play them play with them there when they get them mixed up there when there's different decks together that kind of freaks me out a bit i'm like no keep them toys. oh my gosh oh
1: i can imagine that was just like the <laughs> toys
0: all over the floor gosh yeah
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah that's so special and i think that's the thing it's like using cards is just such a like a uh intimate way of like Sharing with, Mm. whether it's your children, your friends, your husband, um, and like giving each other readings. It doesn't have to be like, you have to channel their spirit guides. It's just, just use the book, read it or just say, Oh, this is interesting. And just, it's an, it's a way, it's like a conversation starter as well. Like an icebreaker.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, how do you feel? What do you see? What do you notice? Mm. Exactly. That's fabulous. Do you use them with your, with your children? I do actually. Um, not so much with a little one because she's only four, but my son's mm. just turned eight and he's quite into this kind of stuff anyway. Obviously he's surrounded by chose it. his mum. <laughs> he chose <laughs> me completely. Um, but no, he does and, and I do we do use them. Um Again, as and when he feels called, he will ask if he can use some of the magic cards. Mm. So we- magic cards. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love that. We will choose a deck and he will pick one. And, and yeah, and like you said, we just have a conversation. Like, you know, what do you oh. see and how does it make your body feel? And so no, they're, they're really beautiful. I love them. Fabulous. Wow, Boy, he's you- lucky to have you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So when are your cards out? So what are they De- called?
1: let me get them from (laughs) they're the work your light oracle and they're available you know everywhere like amazon all the all the online places um and yeah they're available for pre-order now they're officially they're printed actually so i think they're going to be delivered in the next like month or so but the official launch date is june the something like first or third i can't remember <laughs> but fantastic. it's very early june end of may and um yeah so yeah they're available so um i'll, I'll give you the link um
0: to find yes. it but if you go to rebecca just on the homepage, there'll be a link from there as well fantastic well i can't wait to get hold of mine because it just mm-hmm. they just sound as i said i've seen the images and kind of you know how they look and i know your work already and i just have a feeling that they're Probably going to take pride of place on (laughs) myself. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Thank you. So you've just mentioned then that your website is rebeccacampbell.me. So that's Mm -hmm. where we can find more of your work and your um, books and and everything that you're doing, I'm, I'm supposing. Absolutely fantastic well listen thank you so much for being with us um sharing your wisdom and your your light with us and the listeners and i can't wait to get hold of those cards and i'm sure that everybody else is the same so thank you awesome thank you so much rachel thank you see you later